Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast. Welcome to the Inside Zone Podcast, your number one stop for all things NFL as we enter the final quarter of the 2017 season. I'm Nick Dunkerson, and I'm joined by a couple of head coach quarterbacks, which has made flesh. First up, I'm joined by Inside Zone's number one Falcons fan, Tom Willoughby, who I see as, say, Kyle Shanahan ditching CJ Bethard for Jimmy Garoppolo. Hi there, Willow. How's it going? I'm cold. How are you? Um, I'm warm because the heating's on. Um, Put your heating on or put some more clothes on. Anyway, and also, as ever, I'm joined by Inside Zone Editor-in-Chief, who is, you guessed it, the equivalent of Ben McAdoo ditching Eli Manning for Geno Smith. Hi there, Tom. Are you all ready to board the Geno Ghoster? Uh, not quite ready, no. Uh, I won't be watching that this weekend. We'll be watching Red Zone, I think. Avoid I... I think you should be getting strapped in and going all in on Gino like we all should. <laughs> anyway, good show today. I think good chat. Um, Pro Bowl voting's open, so we're going to look at some under-the-radar nods um, for that. We're going to pick our top five teams in the league, predict who the worst quarterback in the playoffs will be, look at the LA Rams and maybe where their ambitions are this season, and with two NFC South fans, and it being the most exciting division in football this year, we're going to be predicting who's going to win that. First up, though, you love it, I hate it, Pro Bowl voting is here for your delectation. And amid the obvious Carson Wentz, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, etc., every year a load of famous players who are having down years still get nominated. And it gets to me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a meritocrat. I, yeah, I am branding myself that. So we're going to do this. We are going to give you some players who you may not have considered giving a vote to who really deserve it. So let's start with the big cheese then. Come on, Tom. Give us a player. Who deserves to go to the Pro Bowl? Well, I'm just going to get, like you, I'm going to get my rant in first. I'd like the Pro Bowl to be elected by a panel of experts rather than the popularity contest we get every year, which is something you've alluded to. Uh, oh, I don't know. It's, it's difficult because what do you define as under the radar? Because I've got someone on there, I've got four on my list, and one of them has been to a Pro Bowl before. So is that technically under the radar? No, uh, oh, no, no, not necessarily. You, you, t- tell you what, you say the player, and if it's not under the radar enough, I'll give you some abuse. Right, we'll go Zach Brown first, linebacker, Washington Redskins. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah. leads the what, NFL. What, what, what? Yeah, Go on, he leads, oh. leads the NFL tackles, 110. He's been an absolute beast against the run. I think every time you ever see a Redskins game or you know it comes on a red zone, you seem seem to see him flying around the football field, kind of what we saw last year in Buffalo. He's also got two and a half sacks to his name, and uh, he's someone who seems to fly under the radar, even though he had a massive breakout year last year. I feel like not enough people know Zach Brown. He's having a great campaign this year. Yeah, I mean, he, so he was anonymous for a few years. The Titans moved to Buffalo last year in free agency, and yep. it was him and Lorenzo Alexander, wasn't there, who were yeah. two completely earned players who had fantastic years. Zach Brown's obviously carrying it on in Washington. Um, I come back to you, Tom, but Willow, do you reckon you can find a non-Falcon that we can nominate? Well, I'll give it a go. Um, the, the one that I fell on was Case Keenum. Yeah, from the the Minnesota Viking. I don't know if that's under the radar enough for you. Think, um, do you. Do you know what? I think no one's gonna go for Case Keenum because it's Case Keenum. Yeah, but I like he it. He has been good, hasn't he? Go on then, but make his case. Yeah, anyway. well, he's <laughs> the case for Case starts and ends at uh, oh the fellow who, who coached him last year, and I've I've managed to strike his name from memory. Um, he was, oh, he was, yeah, he's going to get mentioned. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> um, he's. I mean, you, you only have to look at the uh, the Minnesota Vikings last season to see what happens when injury strikes to a good team. They went from being 
a potential contender to an eight and eight non-entity. Um, Case Keenum stepped into the breach when Sam Bradford went down and conducted himself in a pretty admirable manner, considering many people expected him to be, well, not to take many snaps at all this season. I mean, he's keeping Teddy Bridgewater out, considering the, the love for Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota. So he's not putting up the flashiest numbers, but he's competent enough to keep Minnesota at nine and two. Uh, and for that reason alone, I would go for Case Keenum. And actually, I have gone for Case Keenum. I DM'd NFL myself, and he will get my vote. That's 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 sticking to having the courage of your convictions. That's what we like to see. I, I like it. I, I don't think... I mean, he will probably end up going because every year it seems like 16 quarterbacks go because, well, 16 don't go, but half of them decline their invitation or say, oh, I need to have surgery on my uh, on my kid's little toe so I have to miss the Pro Bowl or something. Um, so he may well end up going. I mean, Blake Bottles has a Pro Bowl nod, for heaven's sake. Do they still get the... Um... Do they still get the check if they if they turn down the opportunity to go? I know, you know that's quite nice. I mean, I, I don't. I think I've, I can think of one player ever who's needed it, and that was when everyone got in a tizzy with Lorenzo Alexander last year because um, he was making actual tackles in the Pro Bowl because he wanted to be MVP to get more money because he was on about twelve dollar contract or something. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna completely steam in. I've got a couple. Um, because I get on my high horse about this, um, let's go for some slightly less uh, well-known positions. How about Brandon Brooks, who is a guard for the Eagles? And I think he has a decent case to be the best guard in football. And he did last year. He didn't make the Pro Bowl. I mean, Eagles have fantastic interior O-line, but he's um, a fantastic run blocker. Um, you know, really, well, really good at creating gaps between him and sort of um, Jason Kelsey in the center of that line. It's great. But he's um, he's tough and he's a little bit mobile and he's He's really solid as a pass blocker as well. I mean, have you, if you've seen how sort of Philadelphia have now got this solid rushing attack, I mean, before Jay Ajayi got there, it was basically Corey Clement and LeGarrette Blunt, and yet it was a really good complementary element to their game. See how Wentz gets time into the pocket to throw. I think guards in general are underrated. I mean, that's a, that's my hipster line for the day. Um, and Brandon Brooks is elite. Um, I think also I'm going to go for um, someone who's been sort of a, a favourite of mine for a couple of years, Adrian Amos, who is a strong safety for the Bears. Now, he's been an incredibly accomplished tackler for a couple of years. He came in, I think he's third year in the league. He was a fifth-round pick. But he's a real technician. Um, and, you know, you, you've got this league where there's raw athletes all over the place that people say, oh, we can coach them up, we can coach them up. And you end up with Marcus Smith. Um, but here you've got someone who isn't the most athletically talented, but is able to just put the plays in and do the right things, you know, get the arms around, get the players down. And now he's um, he's putting that in with um, some great coverage play as well. Um, returns interception 90 yards against Ravens for a touchdown in the game that the Bears go on to win by three points. Yeah, I, th- I think we can go for that. Um, Tom, you mentioned you had a few more names. How about one more name? Uh, well, someone who's... God, I don't know. I've seen it under the radar. I've got Kevin Byard, uh, the free safety for the I, Titans. But I, the... I think, given that he's leading the yeah, league in interceptions, exactly. maybe he's not so much under the radar. Uh, go on, I'll go for a wide receiver then, Robbie Anderson, who I think most people probably Ooh. won't really have heard of him too much. Maybe they've heard of this guy who just seems to keep putting up long touchdowns for the Jets. But uh, I, I think the fact that he was lobbying for Pro Bowl votes this, uh, Pro Bowl votes this past weekend is something you know. It's quite cringy that may hurt his stock. 
Uh, he's four, <laughs> 14th in yards, 714 yards. He's, and that, he's done that with just 41 catches. He's averaging 17.4 yards a, uh, t- a catch. He's fourth in yards, more average yards per reception, with, of those of at least 25 catches. He's third in the NFL with the most 20-plus yard plays behind Antonio Brown and uh, Nuke, John, uh, Nuke Hopkins, even. And he's got seven touchdowns in the year. He's been a consistent big play threat for the Jets. He's making Josh McCown look decent. And I, I think that Robbie Anderson is, by and large, flying under the radar. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's it's kind of easy to fly under the radar as a skill position player in New York. I, I wonder whether, um, if you want a deep threat who's slightly more deserving, maybe Brandon Cooks. But I like the Robbie Anderson shout. I like that. That's a good shout. Um, so well done there. So um, anyway, just before we move on, Pro Bowl voting, like I said, don't go for the obvious players if you if they're famous and you think they might have had a bad year because it's boring. We all hate it. And people will look at you and they will judge you if you do that. And by people, I mean me. Let's move on. Um, playoffs are coming up. And, um, and every year there are some bad quarterbacks oh, who oh, get to the playoffs. Oh, oh. oh. I have listed my top three worst quarterbacks going to the playoffs. Just a just a oh. little bit, just a little bit of trivia here. So uh, I'm not sure. Is, if you, is this ever? I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> probably not ever because there's some terrible ones probably in the 80s. But I, I'm just wondering if you guys can think of any notable ones before we list some now. So I've got 2008. Chad Pennington led the Dolphins. The only reason they got there was because they invented the Wildcat. Uh, <laughs> Connor Cook in the Raiders last year, and then Ryan Lindley for the Cardinals in 2015. Could you any, any off the top of your memory at all? Well, Connor Cook um, played Brock Osweiler in that game. I was just about to bring that up as an example that yeah. um, you know it is possible to without a quarterback to get there. Um, I remember Ryan Lindley. Um, I remember well. Was it that was, was it terrible. Joe? Was it when? Um, <laughs> Christian Ponder got injured for the Vikings. They had to bring... Oh. Was it Joe, Joe Webb played quarterback? Joe who's Webb that, who's basically God. now a special teamer. Um, that was not pretty. I mean, the fact that they were starting Christian Ponder in the first place wasn't exactly uh, promising. And then you go and it's like, we've got to, got to have a special team. Isn't he like a, white, like, a, like a practice squad wide receiver now or something? Um, Webb. Did yeah. I make drawing that? Is he like an, a converted NFL quarterback to a wide receiver? I mean, what yeah. a career! Which isn't that rare because um, Julian Edelman was a quarterback and he was a quarterback in college. Yeah, no, but he he only got he used to only hang around on rosters as number three quarterback because he played on special teams, which is pretty rare. Um, maybe, anyway, maybe, Joe, maybe TJ Yates as well for the Texans back in 2011. That was that's pretty awful. Yeah, but didn't win though. Didn't he get a win though? Did he? Did TJ get a win? I can't remember. I think I feel like he might. Have been, so yeah. Did he? Have, was that the team with Johnson and stuff? I'm pretty certain he at one at that at the point he, at the time he was the only Texans quarterback in history to have a playoff win to his name. Good God! Well, top of my list <laughs> is uh, Scott, <laughs> Scott, Scott Zolak has got me up there. Bloody Zolak when um, Bledsoe went down injured, he was terrible. But what, I, would that? I, I digress. Go on, Nick. Go on with what you're going to say before I. <laughs> um, well, I was just saying, can, can come. Come, come, come for the come for the Joe Webb chat. Stay for the rest of the podcast. Um, but I want everyone to pick who is going to be the worst quarterback, or even worst overall, or the one who's doing the worst this year. Um, who is going to make the? Um, we're, all playoffs. The, we're all got the same answer. Well, no, I I, I came up with about. Um, I I could probably make decent cases for four of them. I think probably realistically two. But um, you, are, you first, Tom. Are they all in the AFC? Can I just quickly question? No, although one of them is a projection 
in the NFC. Okay, well, I've um, got the easy one. Go on. I've got three, all in the AFC, and I'm going to go for Blake Bortles. Ah, uh, the Bortmeister. Yeah. That what's was... wrong with Blake Bortles? Come uh, on. Uh, what's not wrong with him? He's... So so he's he's actually been okay this year because he's basically been asked to not do much. He doesn't do anything. I mean, there's... They, the the defense is unbelievable. The de- they, every game they play, there's about 14 points come from the defense. They seem to start on the 50 yard line, with Leonard Fournette getting about 15 yards a thing. They're already in field goal range. So all you've got to ask him to do is, please, Blake, don't turn the ball over, which he has done the past couple weeks in the fourth quarter. His wind up takes about 15 seconds to deliver a football, which allows the DB to break on the ball. Uh, his mechanics terrible. He's got no touch on the football. He used to have a big arm, be able to find. You know, is um, is deep targets. We can't even do that anymore. He's a, he's a terrible starting quarterback, and he's holding that franchise and that team hostage. That that should be a Super Bowl team, or at minimum, they should be challenging the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Uh, I'm not going to talk anymore. It's going to get my blood boiling. Blake Bortles is. I, I would say with Bortles, he is um, most quarterbacks, especially most not very good quarterbacks, would struggle without an, without the number one receiver. If that one receiver is Allen Robinson, um, Allen Hearns continues to take a step back. Marquise Lee is flaky. And then you look elsewhere on that roster and he's not got a great many targets. But yeah, he's fairly bad. I think there is a quarterback who's going to be in the playoffs who has been worse than him this year. Um, Joe? A, a chap- yes, yes. <laughs> a, a Super Bowl winning quarterback, no oh, less. And no, God. I don't obviously don't mean Eli now. But Joe Flacco is the pits this year. It's terrible. Um, it's boring. It, I mean, he's, he's averaging... What something like about 170 yards a game? Oh. A lot of the time, that is coming in garbage time. Um, he's got more interceptions than touchdowns. Um, 5.3 yards per. Now is that now? Five, yeah, 5.3 yards per attempt, which is not quite in the fabled Gabbert zone oh. of um, the, t- the quarterback doing nothing. But it's just so depressing to watch. I mean, this is an incredible defense that are winning games. They won the game against Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been three shutouts this year. That helps. Um, I keep going back to the to, the, to that Jags game, that, that that special special Jags game that we all saw in week three in London. It wasn't London, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was in yeah. Wembley Stadium. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Wembley, wasn't it? Um, so here are Joe. Here is Joe Flacco's wonderful, wonderful stat line from that game: eight completions, eighteen attempts, forty-four point four percent completion, twenty-eight yards. <sighs> That's 1.6 average yards per attempt, no touchdowns, two interceptions, sacked twice for a loss of 12 yards. And he's not really got much better than that. I, I, I found myself questioning this, but I watched that game against the Texans. I've watched a few Ravens games now. And was the, was the, were the 2016 LA Rams this bad to watch an offense? Because I, I felt like this offense is absolutely nothing redeeming about it. It's the most boring dink and dunk operation with no creativity I mean, you've ever seen in your life. They have the odd gadget play to Tavon Austin, I guess, which is kind of exciting the first time you watch it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it was frustrating because you, you felt like with the, the the Rams last year, you could see the pieces there. You know, they had they had Gurley and a few other things, but I agree. I mean, if, I think Joe Flacco, if he gets in, he probably is a worse quarterback at the minute than Blake Bortles is. Damning praise, Willow. Damning praise. What? No, damning <laughs> indictment. <laughs> Just, just, just so I can get the excuses in now. Anytime I'm talking garbage, uh, my my two month old daughter is making me tired. That's my excuse. Let's get it. It's done. Willow, which, have, have you got a different shout, or are you going to plump for one of those two? You guys took the two that I was thinking of, but if I could be so bold and uh, to suggest that perhaps, not necessarily right now, 
but perhaps in a month and a half's time, we may be talking about Jared Goff uh, not being a playoff quarterback. Goodness me. Did you not see my article like yeah. that today? Um, I, I, I actually didn't, so I apologise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Brilliant. Um, Do you want me to read you the title? I, I, go on, go on, go on. Hang on. This is this put me on the pressure now. I can't, remember, I can't remember how I worded it in the end. Uh, right, so I uploaded about five hours ago. Why has Jared Goff been so successful in year two? Jared Goff has been so successful in year two because he hasn't got to think. Um, I, Sean I, McVay's done the I, thinking for I him. I will agree with you that the, the, the beat down the Vikings put on them kind of exposed, you know, uh, they, they clamped down on all the play-action bootlegs. They closed down the flats, which kind of forced him to be a, a pocket passer. And I agree that... Uh, Jared Goff is an extremely accurate quarterback, so he, he's he's naturally going to excel at the short to mid-range passing. But I don't I don't think this Rams offense is necessarily a, a mirage. I, I think someone like Tyrod Taylor, if he gets in, is probably much worse than much worse than Jared Goff. I, I don't want to um, sort of take away from Jared Goff this season at all. But what I do want to say is, providing they make the playoffs, and I have every reason to believe that they will there is a chance that they'll come up against the Eagles' defence or the uh, Vikings' defence again, or even the Panthers' defence. And those are really good. Um, and if you if if they take away sort of Todd Gurley's running ability, you've got to kind of rely on Jared Goff to be an exceptional quarterback. And I don't think right now he is an exceptional quarterback. Though, I, full disclaimer, I want to say he is good, and I would like it if a mob wasn't sent to my uh, abode. Yeah. Don't, don't worry, Willow. The mob's not going to yours. Um, it's going to Sean McDermott on, elsewhere on his pod, who's just thrown Tyra Taylor under the bus. Um, oh. Let's move while while they come and uh, kill Tom. Let's move on and let's pick. Should we pick some teams because um, we now have what five games to go? I, be- I believe games? that's how the match yeah, shakes out. Five yeah. games to go. Yeah. Um, and I think we can pick the five teams. Our personal favorite, best five teams in the league. Who are the five? See where we disagree, and then let's shout at each other. I'm going to go first. I think I've got two from the AFC, three from the NFC. I think Hang on, let me get my pen at the ready, otherwise I will forget. Right, fire away. Pats. What, number Steelers. one? No, no, I'm picking, I'm not, I'm not Oh, they're not, not tiered. Okay, In no sorry. particular order. Sorry. In no particular order. Sorry. Okay, sorry. Um, Pats, Steelers, Eagles, Rams, Saints. Yep, yeah, same as me. Oh, no Vikings for you. What about you, Tom? Willow, I even? I would, I, would have, I would have put Vikings in ahead of the Rams. Um, but, oh, what's, Willow, what's going on? What's this beef you've got with the I, Rams? They just beat it's the Saints. Not, it's not. I don't, I don't have a beef with the Rams. I think they're fine. Um, I just don't entirely trust uh, the young players that they have there uh, 100%. Do you, you, also, do you actually, just, while I'm here, while we're on the topic, I yeah. don't particularly trust the Saints' defence either. And that isn't a bias, although it might be kind of. I would probably have the Panthers ahead of the Saints right now. Um, they're on the same record. You, 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 and... you, 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 that's with um, that's with Cam Newton just basically having one wide receiver that he's got to throw to. Yeah, okay. yeah. In fact, it, uh, I know that they're coming up in the next couple of weeks. I think it might even be this week. Um, I'm I'm going to put it all on the line and say that the Panthers will beat the Saints this weekend um, and take so so control of the south oh, that's a conversation for another time 
maybe five minutes time. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, <laughs> Spoilers. I, I have the uh, I have the Vikings um, ahead of the Rams and probably the Panthers ahead of the Saints. But I agree with your AFC shout out. There's, there's only really two teams in there that I would consider. Yeah. Um, yeah. My concern with the Vikings is kind of similar to your concern with the Rams. Case Keenum is yeah, um, I agree. very liable to turn back into a pumpkin. There's um, There was a thing that um, Drew McGarry, who writes for Deadspin, um, who's a Vikings fan, sort of said a few years ago that basically sometimes what will happen with the Vikings is that they'll have they'll get this really good well really good team together they'll make a pretty deep run but there will always be one crippling weakness that the first time they come across a coach with a brain he will account for and they will be absolutely wiped with the floor i think his example was um when the giants beat them something like 34 nil in the uh 41, NFC Championship 41 nil yeah. yeah um and you just sort of think yeah there's a glaringly obvious one that's just waiting to be exploited because case Keenum's not playing behind a fantastic o-line it's fine but a good pass rush or intelligent pass rush, take that away. I mean, and that run game's not exactly dominant, is it? Let's be honest. No, I mean, Latavius Murray is every yard he gets is a kind of a surprise, and I, I think his stats are quite good this year, which just makes me suspicious. Done well, for I, Kung, I, done well for Kung Su Panda. He, he just doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't look like a good running back in the way that he runs. He's averaging um, four point. What's he averaging this year? Let's see. He's averaging 3.8 yards a carry, which is surprising. Not good. Yeah, that's... yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, he's, I mean, four yards per carry the last two seasons in Oakland. Um, Jarrett McKinnon's good, but he is lightweight and he's... Situational, more... really. He's more of a yeah, gadget I... back, isn't he? Yeah, he's a gadget back. Type, uh, type yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's a passing down back. He's not, you know, he's not Dion Lewis. He's just a passing down back. And I think that's it. And I, I just, yeah... It's a team that is all right on the precipice of turning into a pumpkin at any point for me. I, I agree with that about the about the Vikings. I, I, that, that's that's why even though they t- they have a better record than the Rams and the Saints and the NFC, I've got them at sixth place, just outside the um the thing. But I, I'm not sure about not including the Saints there. I, I really do think the Panthers are a good team, but I, I don't know. I, I have the same fears that the Saints' defense all of a sudden is going to you know turn into this pumpkin, like Nick said, and. I suppose you look at the Rams game and you say they had a lot of injuries. The secondary's banged up, type thing. Um, how's le- how's the left tackle? How's uh, Armstead? Because didn't he exit the game injured? Is, he, is, is, that, is that all final? Is, is he hamstring? I haven't seen the injury reports because that could, um, that could be crippling for them because that running game is well. I, I mean, you you say that it's it, it depends if if I mean we've got Ryan Ramchick who's been a pretty um he's been good pretty decent um draft pick i think he's at the moment more suited to right tackle and left tackle and he's been better at um right right tackle there's not really been any update on um armstead so okay uh i don't know for me i I agree with nick i think the eagles are the best team they're the best team uh, in the whole nfl so far uh the patriots their second bill belichick tom brady anytime those two are together uh this is a very talented offense they've got together there's a lot of injuries but i don't think they've kind of clicked and hit full speed necessarily full gear yet i feel like that 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 could come any second uh, i've got the rams third uh unlike willow i don't think they're going to turn into a, a pumpkin overnight i think that's a pretty legitimate offense the defense of aaron donald led by aaron donald in the middle the defensive line's quite good the secondary and the linebackers are chippy uh the steelers again another team you know the, if you look at it the steelers probably have the best roster of any of these teams here they just never seem to hit full cylinder and then i've got i've got the saints rounding out the top five but 
it wouldn't surprise me if the Steelers ended up being the the best team, but for some reason they never seem to hit full potential every year. And, and I refuse to believe that anyone will beat New England. And I and I refuse to believe anyone will beat New England because it just no. Yeah, I, guess, yeah. I think they I think they play in a few weeks' time, and whoever wins that game and has home field advantage, or the Steelers could slip up against like the. I don't know. Have they still got to play the Bengals potentially? They still got the Bengals. The Steelers will find someone slip up again. They, they always do, yeah. That's what happens. Um, so, sort of segueing on, given that we've been talking about them um, and the Rams. I mean, do we think that the Rams these this fairy tale story? Um, you know, we all remember Jeff Fisher. Although, well, maybe Willow doesn't. Maybe Willow's blocked out. Um, I'd certainly <laughs> like to forget. I wish I could. But I mean, the Rams this year's fairy story, which. I, I guess makes Jared Goff Tinkerbell. Let's ditch, leave that analogy. Um, thrilling and innovative on offense, tough, skilled, incredibly well coached on defense. Can he win the Super Bowl? Here's Goff to the end zone for the touchdown to Watkins. Uh, I'd say yes. I think, I don't know why, but I've kind of got the sneaky feeling that the Eagles this year will be last year's, maybe the last year's Cowboys. I'm not sure. They've. A lot, of deep, a lot of people said that. I think they've, they're so high-flying, and they haven't really been tested as such necessarily. And I think the Rams, they, they, they stack up really well against the Eagles because I think the Eagles, they haven't had a team that... The problem with the Rams is they can come in and they can, they can punch you in the mouth with Todd Gurley, or if they want to, they can get cute and they can go kind of like a West Coast offense, spread you out, start carving you up, death by a thousand paper cuts. And then on defense, it's the, the challenge of trying to stop Aaron Donald, the other guys around him. Uh, Michael Brockers, I think Robert Quinn's still there, and then they're, they're, they are called the Mob Squad because the linebackers and the the secondary they do swarm to the ball. They they are hard hitting, physical, tough, gritty defense. I think I think the Rams are for real. It's all going to depend who they match up against in in the um, the very stacked NFC. I don't know why, but I I feel like if they come up against someone like the Panthers, they or the Vikings, they could potentially have their number. But if if the Rams get all the way to the to the NFC Championship game, there's there's no one stopping them really. I'm not sure what I mean, you guys Will- think. Willow, you've already said some kind of doubt about Jared Goff. Do you think, obviously, the Rams could completely fall short. Do you think they've got what it takes to win now? I make no mistake, their defence is really good. Um, and if, if it stays being really good, they, they are they, they can go as far as they really they want to go. Um, but I've just got a thing where I don't really trust first a, a quarterback in their first playoff game. Um, we saw it with... Not necessarily Dak Prescott last year. It wasn't really his fault. Um, but that, there's just there is a doubt in my mind that both um, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz can put together multiple um, playoff wins to take them where they want to be. Not to say they won't get there eventually, but I don't think this year is the year for either. I think it's too soon for, for Wade Phillips and I think Sean it's too soon. Um, I think I think for me, I, th- I, I think. Mean, it... oh, go on, do you first. No, I was, I was going to say I, th- I think it may be too soon for um for for the, for the offense as opposed to the uh, as opposed to the defense. The defense has been in place for the last couple of years and and really has been waiting for this moment. So, had we been having this conversation with the teams as they are back in two thousand and fifteen, something like that, um, maybe. No, I don't. I, I, I they can, but I don't think they will. Is my official stance on the matter. So for me, I think my issue with the Rams is that there are matchups all throughout the NFC that I do not like for them. And I think they're only an on their day in each occasion. I think the one that really worries me is the Eagles because you've got, you've improved that offensive line. 
you've got um, Whitworth in there. You've got John Sullivan, who's a great centre in there. But elsewhere, you look at, I mean, Roger Saffold's having a good year. I don't trust um, Rob Havenstein at right tackle at all. And you look at the Eagles, and they've got this fantastic rotation of seven defensive linemen with Cox, Curry, Jernigan, um, Brandon Graham, uh, Chris Long, um, what's his name, Derek Barnett, and the other guy who I've forgotten. <laughs> Fletcher Cox? Did um, you say Fletcher Cox? I said Fletcher Cox. Um, basically, seventh musketeer, whoever he is. I'm sorry, whoever. Sorry for the name I've forgotten. Damn it. Anyway, I mean, you've got people like Michael Kendricks rushing at linebacker from linebacker as well. Um, I don't think that they can block everyone on every play. I think there, there's, there's too much too much talent there on the pass rush that is going to find that little hole that kind of you know that, that, that crippling weakness waiting to be exploited um, that I was talking about with, with the Vikings I think that's still there with the Rams and I think so, uh, a smart defensive coordinator like Jim Schwartz who's fantastic with his creative blitzes that he finds ways to get pressure all the time that he confuses the heck out of opposing quarterbacks is going to do for Goff uh, I really do I mean that is providing the Eagles don't themselves kind of blow up blow up which they haven't shown signs of doing yet, but like yeah. you said, the Cowboys last year. Um, I, I, I don't see it for the Rams. I really don't. You think it's a year too soon? I, I think... I don't know about a year too soon. I think there are just a couple too many roster holes that they need to get sorted. I, I mean, I don't, I don't like... I, don't, I, think they're, I think it's too soon, say, for their um, receiving core, for the wide receivers and tight ends, so I think we'll be a lot better next year. But I want to see some... Um, some more tight ends, out, uh, t- some more uh, tackle um, competition on the right side. Um, I mean, um, depth as well with Whitworth, age 35. I mean, he is a serious injury away from that being that. I mean, obviously, every team has to cope with that. But um, I want to have a bit of a closer look at their secondary as well. And I think I want to see a little bit more in there. But, I mean, every team can improve. But I just feel like there's, they just need to um, fill in the gaps a little more. Maybe one Any... one good free agency class away. You're saying? Yeah, I'd say that one good free agency class, or even just one draft. Um, it's probably not far off. Um, obviously, talking about NFC teams, um, it wouldn't be a podcast with both me and Willow on without some NFC chat. Um, it is the best division in football this year. I think we can all agree on that. We have three fantastic teams and books. Um, but who is going to win? Because and I am going to go first because I am going to. Um, you listen to this podcast, you know I'm not a tremendous homer, I'm a fatalist, um, but I reckon the Saints are going to win it this year. I think the Saints, health permitting, I mean, I think I think there's a bit of elemental rock, paper, scissors about all of the um, teams in the NFC South. I worry about Atlanta's offensive turnaround being completely reliant on Julio Jones. Um, the defense has its moments, but I think there are matchups that a canny coach can exploit. I worry about Carolina. Cam Newton can't just throw to Devin Funches all the time and expect to win. There really isn't that skill position core that can cope if bad Cam comes back. And we know that he do- he has been having these few games this year where he's looked like bad Cam again. Um, I mean, New Orleans, yeah, I worry a little bit about what's happening to Drew Brees' deep ball as he gets older. Um, I worry that the receiving core looks a bit weaker. I think um, Michael Thomas is taking a step back. Ted Ginn isn't Brandon Cooks, and Willie Sneed doesn't even seem to be Willie Sneed. Um, there's depth issues there. If the top two corners are out, as we saw um, with Ken Crawley, Ken Crawley and Marshall and Lashman were both missing in the LA game, they struggled. However, 
this is a team that is has a head coach and quarterback with playoff experience. They are have a young and exciting kind of up and coming core. That's a great balance of veteran and youth. They've got um, fantastic players. They've got a strong offensive line. I reckon probably when they're all healthy, the strongest offensive line. I know you mentioned about Terran Armstead's health. No updates on that. If he's fit, it's very good. Um, Max Unger is playing well again after his tough starts of the season. I think there are just, um, not not quite breakout players, but there are a lot of um, there are a lot of players who aren't thought of as that good who are having pretty good seasons on the defense. I mean, you look at people like um, uh, Mantai Teo at linebacker who's looked pretty solid. Um, the the two safeties, um, Von, Von Bell and the rookie Marcus Williams, is looking really quite good in coverage. Um, I love and, Marcus Williams. I'm yeah, great out of Utah. And he, he, and he, I think he's been really great this year. I mean, it's pushed sort of Kenny Vaccaro got, had to go in the slot corner position because he can't get a game at safety, which is interesting. Um, so that's why I think the Saints. I think there's quality. I think there's well coached. I think there's experience and a nice balance of veteran and youth. Um, Willow, why the Falcons going to win it? <laughs> <laughs> I've, no, I, I haven't. I haven't um, as much as I would like to. I haven't. I've gone with the um, the Carolina Panthers, not because they are looking particularly exceptional, but because they've managed to find a way. Um, I think there's something to be said for playing teams close and pulling out a victory every now and then. Um, though on on the topic of the Saints, I've got to say that that running back Joe is pretty um pretty spectacular at the moment. I, I can't help but but look at that and the way that you're using Kamara in the passing game, uh, and and then look to Tevin Coleman and, and wonder why can't we do the same this year? Um, I, I see, the, the running the running game is the one thing where I do worry about turning back into a pumpkin because I mean yeah. all it takes is a one little injury to Alvin Kamara and the whole thing falls off a cliff straight onto a spiky floor and boom. <laughs> but it's it, it's so um, I know it's. It's difficult to be nostalgic and reminiscent for something that happened 12 months ago, but it reminds me so much of what we were doing with um, Freeman and Coleman last season um, and how far that got us. Um, I can't help but feel that perhaps they've, of, of all the teams in the league that have tried a similar thing by having a proper out-and-out running back and a more shifty um, passing back, the Saints are probably the team that have got it right. Um yeah, I've, I've, but when all is said and done, I have the Carolina Panthers as much as it pains me. Um, with that being said, there are plenty of divisional uh, games coming up over the next five weeks to perhaps swing it either way. The, the Falcons yeah. would probably so, win it had we had the same rec- um, schedule that you had. I don't know. <laughs> okay, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be well, like that. Aren't there, we? Didn't we? Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's um. Yeah, it's 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 a bit of an internet message board comeback, isn't it? Um, oh, yeah, but God. Div- divisional matchups: um, <laughs> Panther Saints in um, in the Superdome this week. Next yes. week on th- in Thursday night, you've got Saints Falcons. Um, Color rush well, as well, well, which I'm while, so excited for. I re- is it gonna, is it going to be black and gold, um, but confusing or red and gold? I hope I hope Saints playing gold just because it'll look. <laughs> the, the sillier they look, the, the Saints will play in purple for no reason at all. <laughs> I would buy that jersey. I would buy that jersey and get another custom O lineman on the back, like my current hipster jersey. Um, that week, though, week fourteen, um, Vikings Panthers is the game as well. So Ooh. that's gonna 
that's going to be another fun one, isn't it? Those are like two really good games. Well, you look, um, you look at the Falcons to close out. Let's the Fal- just, having, just having a quick look. The Falcons this week, they've got no, the, go the Vikings at home. Then they, they So the Falcons, to close out, the last five games, they've got the Vikings at home. They then travel to the soup, to the Superdome to face the um, to face the Saints on Thursday Night Football. No, no they're, they're in, they're in that one's Georgia. Home, that one's oh, um, sorry. That, that, that one's that was my, in okay, uh, Atlanta. Megatron's butthole. Okay, so, um, so they're actually... <laughs> I don't know how this works. I don't know the home and away, but I'll just tell you who they're playing. They're playing the Vikings, Saints, Bucks, Saints, Panthers. Mm. Absolutely brutal. That is brutal. Um, it, is, w- it is a really, it is a really, and yeah, I mean, that, that is a, such a well-balanced schedule. I don't think, I think, you know, it's pure luck um, as far as the schedules are concerned. I, 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 I know you both went for the Saints and the Panthers and I, I probably would say the Panthers but just to be fair I will go for, go for the Falcons just purely for the fact that they've got the most talented roster with the highest ceiling of any of this group and if they you know, hit finally finally all play to 100% of their ability they will win out the last five games and enter the playoffs smoking hot the, the, the offense Willow, has been Willow's, getting it together Willow's going I'm mental say... now he's, he's <laughs> from ear to ear <laughs> why didn't I pick them Oh no! You, well, but, it's, I mean, it's the, the the last three games um, on on offense have finally looked something like competence, yeah. I suppose. Um, I well, feel the, like they've still been a bit one dimensional though, because it's basically it's not just been getting Julio Jones involved; it's been you know throwing to no one but Julio Jones and Tevin Coleman. Well, ah. Not quite, but you know, Tevin Coleman's been getting very. He's 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 been. Um, you know, exceptional. Mohamed Sanu, they've he, he's been worked in there, not just throwing the ball, obviously, but I don't know. I think this this Falcons off, not just the offense, the defense, but they they're by and far the most talented roster, and they've got the highest ceiling of anyone. And if they finally catch a light, I don't think anyone can stop them. Really, no one can slow them down. They they have the potential to beat themselves. Really, that's that's how I see it going. I mean, we're getting Devonte Freeman back from concussion protocol this week, so that that's always good. Um, it's more than just Julio Jones now. Come on, I, I know he had his 253-yard <laughs> game or whatever, but like he's been killing me on fantasy um, for the last however many well, how many weeks are we in? 12, last 12 weeks. Um, so it's, it's nice to have the one, I suppose. Um, that being said, if, also, if they want to just build a game plan around getting him the ball 20 times a game, I would be fine with that and happy to relinquish my um, criticisms of Steve Sarkeesian. And Matt Ryan's Matt well, Ryan is he's actually played extremely well the last five weeks. So, I mean, a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, he's not quite the stats aren't quite 2016." But if you watch the games, I'm sure well you are. But Matt Ryan has been performing at an exceptional level, and he looks kind of similar to how he did last year. And he's extremely dialed in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's good. I mean, pretty much all of the interceptions from this season have been his fault. So he's fine. Matt Ryan's fine. Uh, <laughs> offensive line is fine. Um, wide receivers are fine. It's, uh, the one worry I think it would, would probably be defence and even they're looking fine aside from the fact they, they want to kill themselves apparently um, no it's fine the Falcons are fine and I think they will have a winning record but whether or not it's going to win the uh, division is another thing I don't think I don't think this year um, give us though give, 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 put okay. us in third place give us a third place uh, schedule next season and get us in the playoffs and I would be more than more than happy with that. Okay, um, I'll see what I can do, Willow. Appreciate it. <laughs> anyway, well, I think that just about wraps it up. Unless anyone wants to say anything else controversial to try and get a reaction out of 
any any of us no let's not do that thanks for listening everyone this has been the inside zone podcast um i hope to have another pod next week in the meantime check out the website theinsidezone.com we are on twitter at twitter.com slash the inside zone on facebook at facebook.com slash inside zone uk um so thanks willow thanks tom i'm not going to read your twitter handles out because i can't be bothered see you all later much appreciated bye thanks for listening be sure to check out the website at www.theinsidezone.com. Till next time.